What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We teased it, and he was here, the man, the myth, the legend. We had a Will Smith pulse check on sports, life, everything in between. We talked pretty much the NFL first, then we deep dove on his Cowboys, then we just kind of went off on a tangent. I don't even know what happened there, but just listen to the whole episode because it's a good one, and follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. We'll be talking to you guys soon. Enjoy the weekend. Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for episode 286, and it is just an absolute pleasure, Tom, a real pleasure to welcome back the man, the myth, the legend, Will Smith is back. Will, what's going on? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, say what you want about Will, but one thing you can't take away from him, he was the first guest, so I guess you could say he's the favorite guest maybe, Sean? I don't know. Depends what we're asking for. If we need a true, you know, draft analysis, uh, no. But if we need some hot takes that seem to somehow come up to be more true than false, then Will's our guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm big hot take guy. Almost went two and zero. Oh. Thank God, Detroit and and uh, Detroit went ahead and missed the playoffs. Thank God. They were there. They were on the cusp. <laughs> they really were. I know it really is crazy to think about. Like, I think that was what, like, week two or three that you came on. We were laughing him out of the room. Like, all right, well, <laughs> just felt good about the Lions and Dan Campbell. Yeah, well, he did, and hey, kudos to you. Almost worked. <laughs> At least I still have Gary Sanchez. You still have Gary Sanchez, and very fortunately, the Yankees don't. Um, well, we want to hear right, your hot guys, takes today to if you have anything good. So, well, let's get into it, and then I will. Uh, I'll lay a hot take on you guys. Look at this guy, professional. Um, Sean, where do you want to lead off? You want to talk a little NFL first, just go around the league and whatnot, and then we'll get into uh, a little more Will Smith, Will Smith specifics. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Let's start off with the quarterback carousel because it's in full swing already. We got Derek Carr in New Orleans. Tom, you and I talked about that the other day. And I guess we can start there. Will, what do you think of that contract, and was it the right landing spot for him? I think it was the uh, right landing spot for him. I know there was uh, talks with him and the Jets, um, but part of me thinks he didn't want to be there. New Orleans is a good fit. They have a good offense. Uh, Mike Thomas coming back. I don't know if they're going to sign him or not. Um, and he gets to play inside all the time, just like he did in Vegas. So it's kind of the same thing. And you play in probably the worst division in football. So going from like the best to the worst division in football is probably a good thing for Derek Carr. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's what Tom and I talked about. I mean, and it's really a reasonable deal for both sides. Do you think New Orleans just looked at it and said, Tampa's likely rebuilding and deconstructing. Carolina is going to be drafting a quarterback. Atlanta might be drafting a quarterback. I kind of compared it a little bit to what Seattle did with Gino last year. Do you see any comparisons there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's totally, you know, you get a, a, a beyond serviceable quarterback, and, you know, we didn't think Geno was going to do what Geno did last year, but he ended up doing it. Um, but Derek Carr can win you games. I uh, proved that in Vegas with a terrible defense. Their offense still put up a lot of numbers. So I think he's going to do the same thing in New Orleans. No, that's good. I mean, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, Tom, I was waiting for you to chime in. I mean, 
what do you what do you realistically expect the ceiling is for this New Orleans team? I I think they're going to win the I think they're going to run away with the division just like Will said just because two teams are going to have probably rookie quarterbacks and then Tampa is just probably going to be a fire sale. So I expect them to easily make the playoffs and then obviously disappoint in the playoffs because Derek Carr is not a true blue winning quarterback, but I do think he's going to put up major numbers there. I mean, he's got some real weapons. Um, you know, the the offensive line is eh, but regardless of that, I mean, maybe they re-sign Mike Thomas, but even if they don't, between Kamara and Chris Olave, he's got two amazing weapons. Will? No, he's right on the money with that. And, you know, you saw what he did with weapons in Vegas. You had the leading rusher in the NFL, and you had the leading receiver in the NFL, and that offense put up points. It's just their defense just let them down. And the Saints have a significantly better defense than the Raiders do. So I think they'll probably go 5-1 and one in their divisions. That's like five free wins right there. Maybe slip up against a Carolina on the road, but besides that, that's five wins. You need, what, five more maybe to win the division? Yeah. Four and, more? And I – I don't know what their over-under is right now, but unless it's a crazy number, I would definitely, as you guys know, I went 23-9 and with my over-unders this year. Not a big deal, kind of a legendary year, um, but I'm definitely pounding the over for the Saints this year. I would, I, also, pound the, uh, I would probably pound the over, too, unless it's like 12. Yeah, exactly, unless it's like a crazy number. I mean, you just saw how bad this division was last year. I mean, the fact that Tampa won it with what – that version of Brady was and how just absolutely despicably bad that entire team was and coaching new Orleans has got to say, why wouldn't we take this chance? And also this, it doesn't handicap them from possibly looking to draft a quarterback later on in the draft this year, or possibly one of the next two years. I mean, looking at it, his contract, I mean, he's only the cap hit this year is only 7 million bucks. Like you really can't do worse, really do any better than that. Yeah, and they're also it's they need that too because their cap is just in shambles. Yeah, that's what paying Mike Thomas all that money means. Yep. No, no Kamara too. Yeah. Yeah, Kamara too. Uh, as we learned as fans of teams with running backs, you don't pay a running back a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know better than the rest of us about that. And Sean's Sean. I mean, they tagged they tagged Barkley, right? So I guess you don't have to find out. No, it doesn't look like the Giants are going to go down that way. I mean, they offered him a deal in the twelve point five million, which is two and a half more than he's making on the franchise tag, and he turned it down because he wants to be closer to McCaffrey, which I find laughable because the team that gave McCaffrey that contract ended up trading him like a year or two into it. So like, that's just more reason not to, not to go down that road. I think the giants would be happy to give Barkley a long-term deal, but if he thinks he's getting anything close to Elliot or anything close to McCaffrey, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think, I think contracts like that for running backs are going to slowly dwindle because now teams are just going to franchise a guy they drafted in the third round that produced for them and cut the guy that's making $14 million a year. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been saying this for years. The other point is that, you know, when just the running back position, the difference between a first-round pick and an undrafted free agent is is just very, very minimal as opposed to other positions in the league. 
Yeah, you can win with a, a guy you draft in the sixth round if he's an explosive back. I mean, and look you're at paying him eight hundred thousand dollars. Your perfect example. Look at this year. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and their two running backs, their first round running back, I don't even know if he was on the roster for the playoffs, was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they had you know a guy that they scooped off of out of nowhere, Jarek McKinnon, who was just hurt all the time, and Isaiah Pacheco, who I believe they took in the seventh round. Yeah, because their offensive line is really good. And, you know, they, they were also, they didn't obviously have a Tyree kill, but they were able to sign a lot of competent wide receivers. And they know that they're paying their most important player the most money on the team. And that's just doing a really good job of scouting, drafting, building the most important positions on the field, and then being able to fill in those ancillary, not as important roles. I mean, and that's a perfect way to build a team because you you look at it. Their playmakers are the one that makes the money. They have interchangeable wide receivers who are probably twos and threes on every other team in the NFL for the most part. And a running back that was drafted in the seventh round that you pay almost a league minimum to. So, I mean, also, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't really matter who uh, plays the skill positions there. Very true. All right, you want to move on to um, Daniel Jones getting a little cash? Danny Dimes, baby. Will, I want to hear your your opinion first before we hear Sean's, because Sean's going to be a little bit biased, which is fair. Uh, what do you think about this deal from the Giants giving it to Danny Dimes? I mean, I think it's a lot of money. I mean, the guys had one good year this year. And to be honest with you, it's almost MVP talk of the numbers he put up for himself kind of thing. And he hasn't done that his whole career. Also, he hasn't had a coach like Dayball either. Um but I, I I don't know the exact details. Maybe Sean can help us out with that. Is this is more of a backloaded contract, is it not? And more incentive based? Yeah. So it's it's 160 million over four years. Um, That's what Dak Prescott hit speed. Yeah. So and it's um, I have it right here. 82 guaranteed, but the cap hit for this year is only 19 million. Which is nothing. Um, from a quarterback. A, yeah. Basically, it's a three year deal. Um, yeah. The way that they can get out of it. So. Yeah, well, keep going, and then I'll give all my thoughts. I mean, I really, to be honest with you, and you know, I'm biased to my team, but I don't think it really is a bad deal if you think about it. Who else are you going to get? Is the is the thing? Are you going to draft another quarterback? Are you going to trade a, a first rounder for Rodgers? Like, I think what they did was the smart move, and the team loves him. They love him in the locker room. They love him on the field. He's a captain, and he's a leader. Um, I think it's a good deal for the Giants, and I think Daniel Jones' ceiling is just going to go up. You know, after this year with Dable as the head coach, you got to get that guy some weapons, though. Well, that that's what it is. I mean, people who lost their mind about the contract because originally, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it, I was like, I mean, all evidence was pointing that that was the direction it was going. Like, you're going to be starting this with a four uh, in terms of annual value, but you know, the two sides really kind of needed each other. And what I liked about this was this was totally done by Shane and Dable without you know, blind, absolute loyalty to him. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget, guys, they they declined his fifth-year option last year. Like, they they were pretty much set when we went into the regular season that he was going to play out this year, and then they were going to move on and bring in their guy. But the two biggest issues with Jones that has obviously been the point of his career, right, Tom and Will, like, turnovers and health. And he turned the ball over the least of any starting quarterback this year, and he played all 17 games. So from there, now you build this roster. This contract does not hinder them from being able to fill out this roster with much more talented players. Like you said, Will, 
The team loves him. It, you know, they, they absolutely were all, you know, taken to Twitter to congratulate him on this deal. In my opinion, and honestly, this is a comp that I, I kind of thought of immediately. This reminds me a lot of Prescott. I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, it just speaks to the volume of Daniel Jones because he made the Giants a playoff team with a average defense and playmakers like Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. Mm-hmm. And they got to the playoffs and beat the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings. But still a road playoff win, right? Exactly. Like, it was it was obvious in the Philly game they they were just they didn't belong on the same field. But I think both sides I don't think Jones gets this deal anywhere else, by the way. I think that he only got this deal with the Giants and and that's fine because both team, both sides felt very comfortable with one another. And again, if if, the, if he falls flat on his face and it's really bad the Giants can move on from him in a relatively quick time. And I think the only opposite with this in the Prescott situation is that we're not paying our running back the way you're paying Elliott. I think if you just look at the Prescott situation, most teams would be very happy with that because he takes you to the playoffs basically every year. Yeah, it's just you got to do something in the playoffs. That's all there is to it. But, yeah, we'll we'll get into the Cowboys after I, uh, you know, ask Tom who he wants to be the quarterback of the New York Jets next year. All well, right, first, before, Tom, give, give your thoughts on Jones first. No, I, 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 I echo everything you guys said. I, if it was like a guaranteed deal or whatnot, I would fall. I would have fallen out of my chair. But it's like this was this was the perfect situation for both because, like you guys said, Danny Dimes wasn't going to be able to get this anywhere else, and the Giants were able to hopefully get their franchise quarterback if he keeps trending in the direction he is without having to pay him franchise quarterback money. They Somehow they figured out a way to dip their toe half in the water without having to do a cannonball, and, and I, I love that for them. And like I said, his ceiling is just so high. Get the guy weapons and see what he can really do. Exactly, which is my next question for the two of you is, who do you guys, who will, who do you not want the Giants to get? And Sean, who do you have your eyes on for the Giants to get in this offseason? I I don't want the Giants to get Odell Beckham Jr. Sean? I want the Giants to get Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) I knew that was going to happen. That's why I phrased it that way. I mean, in in December, it sounded like it was between the Bills, Cowboys, and Giants, and then obviously his injury seemed worse than what was being reported, and nobody signed him. So I don't know. I would think those three teams are still in it, and he's seeking like a ten to fifteen million dollar range. I know the Giants have that cap space, and they're definitely going to draft a receiver. I would think in the first round of the draft. So maybe. Yeah, I listen. I, I, I'm me personally. He's a great wide receiver, but I don't want him just because I know that cancer that he can be and it reminds me of a, a lot of the des Bryant and the terrell owens when it comes to us um so that's uh not who i want but um i mean if, if you're looking at me you know who i want i want to trade for deandre hopkins that's what i want do you have the money to do that though no but we have the picks because my question is how how willing is arizona to eat that money yeah uh, we don't have the money to do that right now but if we you know, the one thing that I wanted want to happen and, you know, I love the guy, but if we cut Zeke, it saves us like $16 million against mm-hmm. the Caps. So, and, you know, we could draft another running back like him in the fourth round and pay, and who's getting paid $800,000 like Pollard used to when he came out of Memphis, but, and keep Pollard and then maybe give Pollard a three-year deal after his, you know, obviously he earned it after this year being one of the best running backs in the NFL. But, um, 
you got you got to move on from Zeke, in my opinion, and you need another playmaker outside with Lamb because Gallup wasn't him is not himself after that ACL, and I think we're going to cut uh, Schultz too. What do you think of those there, Tom? I mean, it, 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 is the reason why you're going to cut Schultz because he's going to be that exp- is he that expensive? I mean, I just I really like him, and I think he's like a true safety blanket when things are going well for Dak. Uh, you just saw Dak constantly go to him in yeah, those situations. The, so the reason I think they're going to cut him, and it came from uh, another podcast that uh, um, I, you know, I was a guest on there with the Kelsey brothers, but uh, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but um, moving you know, on, the Kelsey podcast, uh, they were talking about future of the tight end position, and the first name that Travis Kelsey said was Jake Ferguson, our rookie. He's like reminds me of me. And it, I'm like, wow. if he could, if he could be a B Travis Kelsey, a hundred percent let Dalton Schultz go. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, this is information that thank God you went on that podcast. This is information that I didn't hear. So, I mean, in that situation, then I'm cool with that. And I, obviously, I'm all for cutting ties with Zeke. And just as long as as long as the Cowboys go in there and get a running back, like you said, not not Zeke at his top level, but get somebody that could do what Zeke has done over the past two, three years, I think you're perfect. My only concern is that you have to get that because I think I, I love Tony Pollard and I think he's great, but I think if you just make him the full-time bell cow back, you're going to be able to point to it and be like, that's why he wasn't the full-time bell cow back because he'll either be hurt or his production will Yeah, because like you, you, you look at uh, the, LA, the LA Chargers. They tried to make Eckler a three-down back, and it did not work because he's not a three-down back. Yep. You know, no, Will, I got, a, I got a name for you. If you do, let's say, hypothetically cut Zeke, you keep Pollard and you draft B. John Robinson. The, the thing, though, I love B. John Robinson at Texas. He was unbelievable. But the thing is, that second corner position is humongous, and it's been a dumpster fire for us since we lost Brown and uh, Jordan Lewis and then Brown. We had guys from the practice squad playing. We are trying to get guys off other people's practice squads to be a corner in the playoffs with digs. So if there's a corner there, I would rather take that. But if there is no corner there, I have no problem drafting B. John Robinson in the late first round. Why not? Love that. It's a name to look for. All right, so no other other weapons you have any desire for for the Giants? Because obviously we're going to go deep on the Cowboys right now. I mean, Hopkins would would be great, but again, the money is a lot. Because I really do – I only see the Giants using their first round pick on a wide receiver. The corn a corner or linebacker is the only other way I could see them going. So if you're gonna draft a receiver with your with your first pick at twenty five, then sign an Odell. Like that doesn't hurt you. They brought back Hodgins, who actually, all joking aside, played really well last year. Yeah, great you year. Sl- you got Slayton making nothing. So if you bring Slayton's in- a serviceable wide receiver, he makes plays. Yeah, and you got Bellinger at tight end, and you got Wandale Robinson, who should be healthy off his off his ACL, and same with Sterling Shepard. So, from that vantage point, you're you can afford an Odell Beckham Jr. At this point in his career, he's not going to be a one. You hope that you draft a number one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you see, what your pick's the pick before us, so we'll see what receivers are there. And if... Tremaine Edmonds is another name for me that I'm looking at. Yeah, the Bills are looking to shop him. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas. So, go ahead. Just let's let's go ahead and ask the questions. Will I'm all yours. I'm all yours, and I'm all yours here. I was I was ready. Did you want to hear hot take? 
I have a hot take. If you want to sprinkle it in there, let's not force it. But Sean and I can decide to buy ourselves this hot take. We're going to save it till later. But if this is football related and whatnot, might as well it's, slide it. Yeah, in. it's football related. Hundred percent football related. All right, what's the hot take that you have to so have? There's rumor. There's rumors out there, um, in the Twitter sphere, <laughs> and part of me has zero problem with it. Um, trading the. This is in aspiration that the Texans traded uh, their pick to get to one to get their quarterback with the Bears. Um, not that the Bears need to tra- the Texans need to trade because they have the two and the Bears are not going to draft the quarterback. But not the, if another team not if another yeah, team tries exactly. to jump up. So my my hot take was I wouldn't really mind if the Cowboys traded the, their first round pick, a first round pick next year, and Dak Prescott. And drafted C.J. Stroud. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit! That's a that steamer. A, this kid's coming in hot. I love it. It wasn't forced at all. Million dollar difference. Wow! Did did you? This is this, why you're on here. Did Will. you cook Only this one up on your own? This. No, no, no. I read about it. I read about it on Twitter uh, the other day. There's the the there's this guy that just posts Cowboys rumors, and I think he just makes them up himself. But. Um, he had three rumors. Rumor number one, like they do like hot, medium, cold kind of thing. Rumor number one is the Cowboys trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Rumor number two is they ship off a draft later mid-round draft pick and Tyron Smith to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey. And then rumor number three is they trade Dak Prescott, their first round pick ne- this year and next year to get the two to draft C.J. Stroud. I do all three of them, in my opinion. I'm buying this hot take, Sean. I don't know about you, but I I love that for the Cowboys, and I really like Stroud. I think, I mean, do I think it's going to happen? Hell no. But that's no, it's, not... it's it's definitely. But I, as a Cowboy fan, I wouldn't mind it. See what CJ Stroud could do with Lamb, and then if you get Hopkins per se, because the the Cardinals are asking for a second rounder. They're not asking for a first for Hopkins. Sean, are you buying this? I'm almost speechless with that one. Um, I mean, obviously buying it from the stands that it is the hottest of hot takes. Like yeah. you, you, you touch it for 0.1 seconds and your hand might burn off. Um, the next one is, I don't think it's going to take that much to get Jalen Ramsey. Jaylen I really Ramsey don't think so either. Has, what's that? They want like a mid round pick for him, like two or three, three, yeah, four. But didn't you say like you that. also are giving up a player too? Well, Tyron Smith is old. He's always hurt. That's, yeah, but I, mean, I don't yeah. think I don't think that he's a player that the Rams would be interested in. Yeah, no, I know, but that that was what the you know. Yeah, well, I, let's just get rid of Tyron Smith. If you move off of him, fine, but it's not going to be to a Rams team that's hoping to rebuild. Yeah, I could see Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins either one in Dallas. It would just mean it would just depend on what the compensation is. Exactly, and we have to clear cap space by cutting Zeke, cutting Schultz. Do you think Zeke gets cut? Seriously? Yes, okay. yes I seriously do. Because. When a player comes out after the season, knowing Zeke this year did not have a good year, and we can all admit it, the guy averaged 2.3 yards a carry, which is disgusting. Um, he even said his first words is, I'll take a pay cut to stay. That means he knows that he's going to either get cut or, you know, guys don't say, oh, I'll take a pay cut to stay here if they know they're not in jeopardy of getting cut. Would you be okay if they just restructured his contract to his base salary being super low, or do they have to completely? I really, I listen. This room, you know, Zeke, you know, Zeke had those three or four years where he was unbelievable, and you know, the, the what I relate it to is uh, Marion Barber. 
Marion Barber was unbelievable for four years, and then he got washed because he ran the way he ran. And Zeke's running reminds me of Marion Barber. Marion Barber then went to the, uh, the Chicago Bears and was averaging like 2.5 yards a carry. Mm. Also, Tom, what do you he, think what happens with Elliott? First of all, I just love the way Will is like dancing around the fact that Zeke sucks as if he's going to hurt like our feelings. Like we know he sucks. Like you don't you don't have to be so fucking polite about it. Um, but, it hurts. No, he's my he's, he's my he's my he's my guy though. I can't be mean about it. He's my guy. Yeah, no, I get it. And he might listen. So you know, you want to keep that little sliver of hope alive that you guys could God. be like become buddies or something. You know, uh, maybe shit. he, he blew. Just DM, he just DM'd me too. God. <laughs> this hasn't even gone up yet. We're still recording it. We're in the midst of it. Um, but. Yeah, I I do think it's good. I could happen just because I think, you know, Jerry's got to have his foot on the gas. And we say this every every year, but like he's not getting any younger. And I mean, I just think that they need to start making some fucking smarter decisions and they got to clean up the mess that they made a few years earlier, giving out all these fat ass deals. 100 percent. And, you know, the thing is. You know, the amount of money they gave Zeke is is non like I can understand giving that money to like a McCaffrey that can Zeke can't really catch out of the backfield. He can pass block. He's one of the better pass block running backs in the NFL. But you know, the guy for the last two, three years, you know, has been you know, has been average. He's been an average middle tier running back. And, you know, from those his first four years where he was the best running back in the NFL at times. It's just a, a stretch, and you know the guy's making almost sixteen million dollars a year. It's it's kind of tough to keep that on the books. I think you're right, Will. Those running back contracts are never going to happen again. I mean, I know McCaffrey. You say he's the kind that you would give that to. I would give again, it to him. The team that did give that to him had to trade him because they were so bad and he was injury prone that it didn't matter. He just looked so good because he went to the perfect situation for him. Because they also have Debo Samuel, who who is you know a exactly. Player. Yeah. But also, if you think about it, if Carolina was good, would they trade him? No, they probably wouldn't. Well, they weren't able to fill out a lot of other more necessary yeah. roster spots because of his contract. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I, we've danced around this enough, <laughs> Tom. We got to talk about your New York Jets. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Ask away. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't need uh, to ask the question. We know what the question first, is. First question, Tom. Will you be willing to take Hiawaska to get Aaron Rodgers in New York? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's going to do a darkness retreat. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll fucking take Ayahuasca. I'll sit in the middle of Times Square and take Ayahuasca to get fucking Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Okay? And I'll throw up all over the place and trip out. I mean, Are you willing to give up two first-round picks for uh, uh, almost 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers? Do you think that – do you guys really think that's what it's going to cost when there's, like, no. no other teams that are interested in him at all? There hasn't been any – trickling of anything else from any team the jets are fucking flying pjs out to meet up with them they're 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 getting dinner wherever they were and, and whatnot and and there's zero interest from any other teams like if they have to give up two first round picks and no other teams come out and put true pressure on them i'm gonna be fucking pissed and i said that on the last podcast but I am willing to trade for him for what I think the price is going to cost, which is maybe if one first-round draft pick, if not a later pick. It's going to be probably one first and then like a fourth. And I'll do that tomorrow. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, if that if, if it's Dallas, I'd do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Thing, Tom, you're 100% right. It's only the Jets. There, There is no other team that is interested in getting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are done with him. So 
I'm sure the Packers are asking for two first. Why wouldn't they? Let's see if the Jets outbid themselves. If yeah, if the Jets do, yes, they will. If, if the Jets, if the Jets want to act like the Lakers back when they traded for Anthony Davis, bidding against no one and and are just whatever the Jazz, whatever the uh, the Pelicans asked for, the Lakers were like, yeah, you want another pick, even though nobody's bidding against us, sure. But if the Jets are a smart franchise, which I've got my fingers crossed that they are, because since the new general manager has been hired, they haven't really made any bad moves. I think that they're just going to hold their feet to the fire, being the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. I'm manifesting it on this podcast. I said on the last podcast I'm all in, and I'm ready to get my heart broken, and I'm ready to give it to Aaron Rodgers, and I'm ready to have him crush it. I don't think that you have anything to worry about. Everything, Every single report, everything that trickles out from ESPN and just everywhere sounds like this deal is basically done. Will, how do you feel? I mean, you just said that you would do that deal as a Cowboys fan, the one that we mentioned, which was a first and a fourth. So I'm, I'm thinking you're feeling pretty good about that from a Jets perspective as well. Absolutely. If it's a first and a fourth for Aaron Rodgers, you two years, that's two years you can win the Super Bowl. 100%. 100%. Because the Jets are a very young, very good team. So, I mean, there's their skill, their skill positions all over the place. I think you have to work on the offensive line a little bit. But your running game is unbelievable. Your um, your wide receivers are unbelievable. You had the offensive, and you should have had the offensive rookie of the year. You had the defensive rookie of the year. It did we did have. We did. We did. Oh well, uh, I thought Olave won it. No, Garrett Wilson. No, won. Garrett Wilson oh. won it. Oh, so you had the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. Um, so there's, you know, you shape up the offensive line. Maybe get another linebacker. That's really it. To be honest. Well, the Jets made some moves today. I don't know if any of you guys saw, but they they acquired Chuck Clark from the Ravens for a seventh round pick. So they just shored up their safety and they released Berrios to create cap space. Yeah, all signs are pointing to go here. Um, And I'm just, I'm giddy. I really am. And he's not even on the team yet. I'm almost at the point where I'm about to do I go on NFL.com and just make one of those Rogers jerseys? Like just put Rogers on the back. Do I do it? Does somebody yes. wear number 12 for the Jets right now? Uh, I don't uh, No, Isn't 12 retired? That's Joe Namath, baby. But Joe Namath said, Oh, he didn't is, Joe Namath say he would, he would unretire his Jersey if Rogers came. Yep. He did. Mm-hmm. All signs are pointing to go boys. The stars are aligning. I think he's a Jet. I, I, especially now, I have no reason to think otherwise. All right, let me ask you boys this, because I've been just toying with this in my brain since this has come out. Let's say everything that you both said and I said comes true, where you know they get a little offensive line help, they get Rodgers, um, and, and they shore up a few things in, in the middle of the defense linebacker-wise. I, I think that the Jets... I think that the Bills are going to regress slightly, and I think that the Jets can truly win the division. Will, you lit off. I, I totally agree with that. I, I wouldn't make them the favorite to win the division in preseason because, like like I always say, I need to see the product on the field. Um, but I would still, you know, the Bills are going to take a step back. They have no running game. Their defense is going to lose people. Jordan Poyer is going to leave. Uh, Tr- uh, Tremaine Edmonds is going to leave. Um they have a little cat problem too, um, so we'll see what happens there in Buffalo. But uh, I just need to see the uh, the product on the field. But also, I I think the Jets could if they get Aaron Rodgers, they can definitely win that division. Sean, yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. Yes. I mean, 
I don't want to. I don't want to shut the door completely on Miami because we saw them when Tua was healthy last year, and they were really fucking good. Um, but we don't know if he's healthy or not, right? And I certainly don't want to bank on it. Um, and then, Will, all your points are 100% valid on Buffalo. For me, I feel like they've kind of missed their window. Now, in terms of division winner, obviously, sometimes it doesn't always matter. I think the Jets are 100% a playoff team, if not a division winner, by far the first wild card. But I feel great about them because your best players outside of, you know, hypothetically Rodgers, you're not paying anything to. Yep. So yeah, exactly. They're all you're, young you're very well positioned to to be really fucking good. And we talked about the offensive line. I do think you need to figure out left tackle because I think Becton's a complete lost cause. I think when we have this much certainty about his uncertainty, we know what he is. Uh, but drafted at a left tackle because Vera Tucker, you know, your season kind of went down the shitter with Vera Tucker and, and, he, and, and Paul, Paul got hurt last yeah. year. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, and I've I've given up on Beckton. I think it's time to move on. Uh, the guy just can't stop eating, and I see a lot of myself in him when it comes to that. But I'm not. I'm not <laughs> a left tackle. With him, right? I can still do my job and be a fat slob. Other people can't, unfortunately, and that's probably why he got he they get paid a lot more than me. Um, but yeah, I really do think. And for the Dolphins, Sean, I, I agree. I don't think like if we're placing bets, I don't. I wouldn't bet on the Dolphins to miss the playoffs. Like I wouldn't put money on it. But I, I am so concerned about Tua. It's it's crazy. Like oh, the yeah. guy could look the wrong way and get another concussion with that many. One hundred percent. But also, you know, the funny thing that you know I thought about the other day when I was looking at the NFL next year, and look at where the AFC East was ten years ago. It was like the Patriots and a bunch of shit. Now it's every team could make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's very. I mean this is that's what makes the NFL great. It's just it's just so cyclical, and everybody has their runs, and that's what fucking leaves me scratching my head that the Jets haven't made the fucking playoffs in how long? Because well, you mentioned it seems Joe like every Douglas team doing everything right. I mean, the one thing that he did wrong is why you're in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes to begin with. You know, that's that really is a scarlet letter on what's otherwise been a great run as a gm both drafting free agents trade but zach wilson's gonna kill him and and when people are talking to i want to overpay for rogers you have no choice yeah, yeah no, and then, that, that's 100 percent correct because when's the last time the jets drafted a good quarterback but you also passed on fields to take wilson i think i was having this conversation the other day with a friend of mine and i was saying you know gms ultimately will get judged on the the kind the coaches they hire and their franchise quarterback and when the consensus number one like Trevor Lawrence obviously the Jets weren't in position to draft him but if you pulled all 32 GMs and they had the number one pick uh, or the number one quarterback 32 of them if you know maybe 31 if there was one outlier would have taken Trevor Lawrence you're not going to lose your job with that but you lose your job when you take a guy that other guys, other GMs would be like, uh, no, we're not, we're not touching that. And you gamble with, right? And that's what they did with Wilson. Oh, 100%. And it's a shame because aside from that, he has a squeaky clean record since he's taken over the team. I want to talk about a Twitter rumor that I saw floating out a couple, a couple of weeks ago since Will's thrown out the Twitter sphere and whatnot. I, and, and actually, I was kind of reaffirmed this. I saw a report that, uh, that the um, Broncos are shopping or whatever, want to get rid of Cortland Sutton. Now I'm th- And I saw a, tr- a hypothetical trade of Zach Wilson and some type of later draft pick for Cortland Sutton. What do you boys think about that? What would the Broncos do with that, though? You have Russell Wilson. 
and you get a late round pick. Uh, I just don't know what the what the Broncos would do. Well, you with... take a you take a shot on a cheap quarterback that's going to continue to be cheap that can learn under the tutelage of the football genius himself, Mister. But he's Unlimited. never going to play under that contract. They have Russ for like five more years. Yeah, but they, don't they have the ability to cut him in like two or three? I mean, if they did, it would literally be like the biggest cap hit of all time. Yeah. All right, so we're going to splash cold water on that. Fine. Fine. Let's get back I, to If I'm the Jets, I, if I'm the Jets, I do it and I and I run to the league office to make sure the trade's done and don't give Denver and hope that Denver <laughs> yeah. doesn't sober up. Of course. I don't know. Course. Nathaniel Hackett's not there anymore, so I don't know about that. I know. It's a shame. If I'm the Jets, I'd do that in a second, but I have no idea why the Broncos would do that. No, I agree. Yeah. It's a lofty trade, and it's it's splash cold water on my take. That's fine. Wills was much. Well, I could see Sutton being an option for the Jets, not just not with that package. Yeah. Well, maybe I mean, you do. You, I think you do need another weapon with uh, Garrett Wilson. Who who do you want? Is, is it Cortland Sutton? Is that the guy you want? That Why is the guy I want. I I just don't know what it would cost. Like I just want to get rid of Wilson and sprinkle him in there. Maybe Zach Wilson in a second. Is that something that that tickles yeah, you guys I, a little bit? Second round picks are valuable. So yeah, you know, I, you have a young quarterback that maybe under the right tutelage could be good. I don't think Zach Wilson's a part of any of these trades. I think you're going to have Zach Wilson. There's no reason not to. You're not paying him anything. Yeah, that's true. And maybe. I mean, the, the regime that drafted him is still there, and maybe they're still holding out hope The only for him. team that would take Zach Wilson is a team that, like, misses out on all the top quarterbacks this year, and you need a team that's actually absolutely in nowheresville that Atlanta. decides they're going to that take a chance. Otherwise, I mean, Tom, would you do, like, a third round for Jerry Judy? Yes. I would, I would actually... I don't know. Uh, you know, I, the pedigree, I want Judy over Sutton, but the on-the-field performance when both are healthy, I'd rather Sutton. Yeah, Sutton's that big body, and you already have a, a Judy-like wide receiver and Garrett Wilson. They're kind of the yeah. same wide receiver. Uh, so to have a big body there in the red zone is what the Jets need. And, you know, you just have Conklin. So Yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, I mean, we do still have Elijah Moore, who I think with – Aaron Rodgers, hypothetically, at quarterback, could ball out. I'm happy you said that. I think he's a really good player. I mean, before pre preseason last year, people were talking about him as like a wide receiver too in fantasy. And I know that doesn't mean anything in the real world, but that does mean that he was going to put up some real fucking numbers. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, he can make anybody good. Exactly. So it's like maybe we save money there and we focus more on the offensive line and the defense and we and we stick with the weapons that we got. Um, but I, I'm, you know, to put a cap on the Jets, I, I'm giddy. And what's the timetable here, boys? Is it done by – when is this done by? I, I, it's got to be done by Sunday because legal tampering starts Monday. Mm. So you need to start being able – that's the first day you can agree to terms with unrestricted free agents – and then restricted free agents can start agreeing to deals on the 15th. But why Why is? Uh, why does it have to be done by then? Because you want to know if he's on your books. Mm. You want to know his contract so that you can start signing other guys that fit within the cap. Love that. Love that out of you. All right, so I'm... I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> shot it from the <laughs> rooftops. Um, God, it's going to be a good weekend if we get Rodgers. Oh, my God. Tom will not be wearing clothes for like <laughs> two weeks. 
Oh shit, man. I mean, I needed the this police today. are going to come to his place like 10 times. Like, listen, we've already told you, you need to put something on. You don't and understand. Then, Aaron Rodgers is a jet. And that, that, that would happen for me because uh, Aaron, <laughs> the jet, the jets play the Cowboys this year. And of course the one person that owns us, there's a lot of people that do Aaron Rodgers is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I needed this today, fellas, after sitting in my fucking van, not doing work and watching this, watching the Johnnies lose in overtime as I'm talking myself into them winning the big East tournament when they have a lead at <laughs> halftime against Marquette. <laughs> That's how you know you're a fan. I'm like, they're, they're about to beat the number one seed. They're going to run the table. And we're going to the I tournament. I was rooting so hard for him, but UConn, oh, too. UConn almost, they, they almost blew a 26-point lead today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I talked about a bad bet. I took Providence, and I'm like, I look at the score, and they're down 24, and I'm like, that really didn't work out. And I look, I'm like, hey, they're down five? And then yeah. they lose by seven. I'm like, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was shitting bricks. I was like, I swear to fucking God if we lose this game. Those are the kind of bets that you just don't even want to like. Even if they start coming back, I just turn the alerts off on my phone. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, the money's just, already uh, lost. That's, that's when you just put in the next bet for the next game. Exactly. <laughs> that's when you start chasing. All right, boys. Yeah. Anything else on uh, the NFL before we really uh, dive a little bit deeper into Will's Cowboys? I mean, we've talked them a little bit, but I want to see if he's got any more points. No, let's go Cowboys. And then we'll talk some more after. Would you say? Would you say go Cowboys? Is that what you just said? Oh, okay. <laughs> said, yeah, let's go Cowboys. I'll well, clip you know. that. Will I'll clip just that. Thank you. Can you clip it? I want it to be my text ringtone. <laughs> yeah, especially with the tone of my voice, sounds really emphatic. Let's go Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what other points. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how the play calling is going to work out this year. Um, so there was um, Mike McCarthy saying there was a little dispute between him and Kellen Moore. And what he said, um, he said, Kellen wanted to score points. I wanted to run the ball. So I don't know what that really means because <laughs> to win a game, you have to score points. I love the genuine confusion. <laughs> As like, I don't know what that because... really means. You can clip that too and put that in. <laughs> it's just um, so funny because you're actually like thinking about it. Your coach is a fucking I, idiot. When I read it, when I read it, and I was like, "Wait, you wanted to run the ball, but your OC wanted to score points. Isn't that his job as an offensive coordinator?" Uh, it sounds like you had yourselves a good offensive coordinator. Or at least one that had his head in the right place. Listen, I think Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. I think his problem is he gets too cute. I think his problem is he wants to score too many points. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't get. Um, but okay, that's fine. So I don't know. You know, they 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 put out. It said Mike McCarthy's going to be calling plays this year, and then two days later they hire an offensive coordinator. So I'm like, what what are we doing? Were Why are you... we hiring an offensive coordinator if you're if you're going to call plays. Were you sad when Peyton went to Denver? Me? Yeah, you, of course. Why would I be sad? Because would you not prefer Peyton over McCarthy as a Cowboys fan in a year? Oh, oh, Sean Peyton. Yeah. I, well, I was like, Peyton Manning? <laughs> no, 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 um, no, my bad. I could see the confusion there. <laughs> um, Sean Peyton, 100%. But yeah. I just don't think it was in the book. Like, for some reason, Jerry likes him and... But so this is Jerry's I mean, mo. Is just fucking sticking with, sticking with a coach way too long. He stuck with Parcells when Parcells was obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he was way over the hill, and then he did the same thing with the Clapper, who is. He, well, it was Wade Phillips first. It yeah, was Wade, it was Phillips. Wade Phillips was. Wade Phillips was. He's a defensive coordinator. He's not. An, he's not a head coach. 
Uh, well, yeah. wasn't, but like, Will, Tom and I talked about this when Kellen Moore was was released of his duties. We we said like, Jerry wants a coach he can control, and Sean Payton is not somebody he can control. Sean Payton walks in and he says, "I'm running this program, or I'm not taking this job." And this goes all the way back to when Jimmy Johnson had. You know, he was the face of the franchise, not Jerry, and he moved him out of there so he could bring in Barry Switzer, and he's been doing the same thing ever since. Yeah, so and that's why the I Cowboys have is... not won since Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy right. Johnson, and then they're like, oh, but Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl. That was Jimmy Johnson's team that he won right. a Super Bowl. That was like a Gruden Super Bowl. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, I tell my dad all the time, like, we will win the Super Bowl the year after Jerry Jones dies. Because they're going to – Stephen Jones, who's obviously going to take over the team, his son, said his first move as owner of the Cowboys is hiring a GM. That's his first move. I wonder what Jerry thought about that. Well, Jerry would be rolling over his grave. I, I'm just wondering about the quote. But also, we just – this. if you kill Jerry Jones, the cops, the first thing they're looking at is this podcast. Because that's oh, premeditated. Yeah. <laughs> that's first-degree murder right there. <laughs> You know, with my luck, Jerry Jones will live to be like 117. So I don't know. Yeah, he'll find the magic pill that keeps him around forever. Will is look Googling right now. Can you watch the Super Bowl from prison? <laughs> <laughs> How to get away with murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's a sad no, scene. No, it's just, you know, it's, it's frustrating. You know, you have, uh, you have a lot of good pieces um, that could win a Super Bowl and you just disappoint every year in the playoffs. That's been the Cowboys' M.O. Since no, Jimmy their Jones. M.O. is running the dumbest play at the last second that you've ever seen. Yeah, I think we got to talk about that final game, Sean, don't we? We haven't had Will on. I'm very happy to do it again. Yeah, you want to talk about the last couple sequences there? Yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about the whole thing. Also, I mean, I don't know what was up with Prescott this year. He had one good game. I don't know if it was his thumb or he was forcing things or whatever it was. Um, you know, I think they did miss Amari Cooper a lot because after Gallup's ACL, he wasn't the same player. Um, and then you have your wide receiver three is Noah Brown, who could probably be a practice squad wide receiver, to be honest. And, you know, obviously Dalton Schultz was good. But when C.D. Lamb's getting double teamed – you know, Gallup wasn't coming in and out of his breaks, but there's still some throws that Prescott should never, ever make. And didn't have, he never made last year when he had 40-plus touchdowns and, like, 13 interceptions. So many picks where I'm just, like, banging my head against the wall. Yeah, the 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 pick he threw on the, uh, the comeback route, Gallup stopped. He saw that and then still threw it right to the defender. I think the biggest problem with Prescott is – it seriously is the fact that he doesn't want to run as much as he wants to. And the I mobility, think well, that's, that's the thing. I think he's concern. scared after that ankle. Of course, and it would make anybody feel that way, right? But I, I, I do think that you know he was never a running quarterback, but he was a quarterback who could run. And yeah, now and he's, he's not he's, real. And now he's, he's not yeah, really he's that. Yeah, I think he's scared. He's scared because of what happened to him against the Giants. You know, they dirtily, they dirty tackled him, and that's what happened. All right, because you didn't do that to Saquon and everybody else. So another um, but, another spicy take. Jeez, <laughs> what do you let's but, let's go yeah, over I mean, that? We'll see, you know, like I say, every year there's always next year, but I know the next thing's going to happen too because. The same team doesn't win the division every year, so this is the Cowboys year, the Giants year to win the division because the Eagles are not going to win it. So. What do we do? We get a home game, we win that, and we go to San Francisco and then lose again for the third time? So, You're perpetually average. That's what you are. Yeah, like, we get to the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. 
which is something in of itself. Like when I talk to obviously down here, I'm surrounded at nauseam by cowboy fans. And they're like, I want to move on from Prescott. He sucks. And I'm like, that's fine. Who are you bringing in? And Jerry at this point in his, uh, his time in life, unless, you know, will takes him out tomorrow. He needs, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to rebuild. He wants to be in the thick of things. And that's what they are every year. They're like a playoff team. They're a playoff yeah, team. That's that the thing. You have that's to talk why yourself that... into that's why that rumor is, you know, a Cowboys fan dream that doesn't like that. Listen, I, I love Dak Prescott. And if you look at his career minus this past year, his numbers have been very good. Almost MVP-like. Last year, he threw for almost 5,000 yards, threw 40 touchdowns, and had 10 interceptions. He's one That's... of those guys that seriously, man, like, and Tom, I know you probably agree with this. Like, y- you realize that there's not many better options once you really start analyzing him. Oh, yeah. But you wish he could be more. And the the thing is, and I understand Jerry's point of view, because if you think about it, like, obviously we drafted some new younger guys on the offensive line that are good. Our first-round pick, Tyler Smith, uh, you know, obviously, you know, offensive tackles are not going to be mentioned in rookie of the year, but he allowed two sacks this year as a left tackle in the NFL as a rookie. So... You know, that's why they're thinking about letting Tyron Smith go because they have this new kid um, that's there, and that saves a lot of money as well. Um, But if you look at it, your best offensive lineman is just getting older, and he's probably, if you know, I don't think that's a hot take, but Zach Martin might be the best right guard of all time. I'm not a big line guy, Sean. <laughs> I mean, as far as I mean, tackles always stand out to me more so than the interior linemen. But I mean, Zach Martin's been a mainstay for years. This this, this is the stat that I see on it uh, on Instagram on the Cowboys Instagram all the time. Zach Martin has more All Pros than he has holding penalties. Yeah, I mean that stat right there is pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. So let's. Do we want to talk about that last game, or or should we just gloss over that and move on? I mean, if you really want to, it's fine. Um, I'd I love really, to, Will. Go into it. <laughs> um, I really think that um, Tom's cat could kick better than Brett Maher, but hmm. I, I'm not really sure. Um, I got two cats. got a leg on him. So I got two uh, cats, but both of them probably could. But I got my money on yeah. Soy. Um, so I think that was also a big problem to the game because – that, that's the thing you have to game plan for because if you're in field goal range and it's like fourth and three and you need three points, are you going to go for it? And I think that messed up a lot as well. But, I mean, he missed his first, you know, he missed his first in the, that game. And that, that kick was, he got blocked, but it wasn't even close. Uh, and then he did make his two field goals after that, but it's got to be in the back of his head and back of McCarthy's head as well that any fourth down that's within five yards, we're going for it. Um, But it was just, Bad turnovers, uh, and to be honest with you, the defense played the defense all postseason played so well. Like Micah Parsons is an animal, and you know the secondary. Obviously, they've had their problems, but Diggs stepped up. You know, Debo had nothing against him when he guarded Ayuk. He had nothing against him, and then you know I saw a thing the other day, and they're like, "Well, the 49ers got away with something." If, if you look at the film, George Kittle on that catch that changed the game, that bobbling catch that he made, it was ridiculous because he's a ridiculous player. He lined up ineligible. He lined up inside Uh-oh. the fullback. Will's revoking the postseason. There we go. <laughs> so I, I think that game should be replayed, to be honest. <laughs> I love but it's that. Just, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It, it, we had some bad play calls, and then 
That last play of the game, I understand we're not going to score a touchdown there, but why don't you throw the ball 30 yards down the field because they're back further than that and then do the lateral thing? Well, the entire 49ers team could have lined up ineligible and you'll lose that game because of your head coach. Yeah, 100%. The guy that's going to be calling plays next year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But, you know, we just got outcoached. And the 49ers, obviously they got screwed by injury in the NFC Championship game, but I think a healthy 49ers team, I think they could beat the Eagles. Tom, did we or did we not tell Will that no matter how talented you are, you will lose in the playoffs because of? Your head coach, and I don't think he ever disagreed with that. I think Will. Not. I don't disagree with that. Will's gro- Will, has, Will has really grown I, I, I as can, a fan. I can say this right now. If the Cowboys had Patrick Mahomes, we'd still find a way to lose in the playoffs. Wow. Which I is quite it. the indictment. It is, yeah. but it's probably true. Because McCarthy, well, you don't want to know why they would lose the game? Because McCarthy wants to run the ball. I don't want to score points. I want to run the ball. (laughs) It's very important in today's offense is where everybody is throwing the ball 50 times. I I, I don't get it. I know running the ball is a big part of the game, but I'd rather have a four-play drive for 64 yards and a touchdown instead of a uh, 12-yard, 12-play drive that ends in no points, but you wasted nine minutes off the clock. Yeah, because you like to play football in 2022-2023. So. Well, yeah, even I mean, even back in the day, like if you didn't score points, you lost. Like this game is about scoring the I mean, most points. If you if you outscore your opponent, you win the game. I don't know if Mike McCarthy knows that or not, but it's just But I don't know. Luck. I don't know if any of you guys saw that like that Bullies of Baltimore documentary, that 30 for 30, but like all those playoff games were like 13 to 9. Like, you could run the ball and dominate clock as recently as, like, 15, 20 years ago and win that way, but you just can't do that now. You can't do that now because of the rules. You can't even touch a wide receiver anymore. Right. So those days were different that, you know, you could just run the ball for first downs, and that's it, and then, you know, get a field goal and then hold hold the other team to nothing and then have a seven-minute drive where you get no points. And then before you know it, it's the start of the second quarter, and you're up three nothing. So and you have the ball back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sounds like even... a shit game to me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I have no problem watching a good defensive game, but r- just running the ball because you don't want to score. I don't understand that that comment that he made. Kellen well, don't Moore break your brain because it doesn't make any sense. I was gonna say, don't get upset. <laughs> no, when I read it, I was like, I just said to myself, like out loud. I was in the car. I read it, and I go what the fuck? Like, I was so <laughs> confused. And, like, I'm trying to, like, picture it, like, what he means. Um, But I was like, okay. But, like, if you think about it, every good team in the NFL, their quarterback throws for at least 4,000 yards. At least. Mm-hmm. So you want to tell me that Dak Prescott's going to throw for 2,500 yards and we're going to ha- have 48 carries a game? What is this, Army offense? Listen, man, you I, you're preaching the choir here. I, I think we're trying to make logic out of somebody that doesn't have any here, and we could do that forever. But he's How did a f- the guy win a Super Bowl. Is my question. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think it explains why he only won one. Yeah, true. They should have won. They should have won at least three with that team. And he had Aaron Rodgers, which helps. Yep. And Rodgers hates him. Yeah. For good reason. So, I mean, I, I think it's you know they it, you know Jerry's like this is my guy or whatever. But if the same thing happens next year. We win that wild card game or the first round game, and then we lose the second game. I think he's gone. You, you can't stick with him. To be honest, I I didn't think you could stick with him after what happened in this this game, this past season. 
But well, you know what what you guys alluded to earlier is I think they wanted Sean Payton, but Sean Payton wanted to run the show, and you know Jerry doesn't do that. Yeah, which my is... question is is again like your head coach is a direct like reflection of your quarterback situation. If if you're not going to get one of the top head coaches because Jerry's not going to allow them to be the you know the star of the show or run the program the way they want to, who are you getting then? That's going to be well, anything other than what you have then. But I think that goes back to not to speak for you, Will, but I think that goes back to exactly what Will says, where it's just like we're like truly, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl until Jerry dies. Like it, the problem is exactly. not going to be solved. It's just accurate, and you know the the other you know not really hot take, but I've heard rumors as well, and I mean it is kind of hot, and uh, you know the same thing happens. They fire um, Mike McCarthy. Sean McVay leaves the Rams. Sean McVay comes to the Cowboys. Another Sean destined for a Sean. Okay, I mean you've got you've got a lot of pipe dreams here, and I'm always dreaming as a Cowboys fan. Since it really, I've been a fan, they've won nothing. It really, you really make me feel. You're making me feel like very at home as a Knicks fan, where I read all this bullshit and I just get giddy, and then it never happens. Um, and I'm, I'm getting those vibes from you and, and you just got to look back and say, you know, the Knicks are not going to win a title until Dolan dies and, and the same for the Cowboys. Well, the Knicks are on fire right now. They're on a little bit of a heater. They are. They are. We're tempering expectations on this podcast, but I'm, I am enjoying it while it lasts. Yeah. That's like Sabres hockey. We're on a a brink of a playoff spot for the first time since 2008, but that's not going to happen. Well, you just mentioned hockey for more than two seconds, and Tom might edit that out. So. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's that's why I just wanted to leave it as a two-second clip. Oh, I geez. mentioned the Bruins have like the, a historically great record the other day, and I might have spent three seconds, and he goes, do not care. So there was that. Yeah, uh, we're I mean, not a hockey pod here, fellas. I mean, go listen. We, to... didn't, we didn't break down any anything at all. Yeah, like this is how uh, unwell known hockey is in my family. Is I asked Joe to name three current hockey players. He said Lundqvist, who's retired. He said Mark. He, he said Mark Stahl, who still plays, and he's like, "Oh, his brother Gunnar Stahl." I'm like, "That was the guy in the Mighty Ducks, you idiot." <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't think I could name three hockey players. I mean, Patrick Kane. I know he still plays because yep. he's been in the news. Um, I mean, obviously, Ken Crosby and Ovechkin. Oh yeah. Well, honestly, I wasn't even. I know who they are, and I know what they look like. I wouldn't if they passed me on the street. I would know who they are, but I didn't even couldn't even think of them. Um, That's like the same thing with me. I can only name three soccer. I, mean, I can I can't even. I can name three soccer players. I I couldn't. Pulisic, David Beckham, Neymar, I, I Cristiano could, Ronaldo. Yeah, he's still playing, and 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 Messi, Mbappe. Wow, good job. Wow, we're really making this pod interesting. Uh, Messi's, yeah, just, we're, Messi's, we're, we're just all the sports. Messi's the GOAT, right? We agree with that? Yeah. I know Sean doesn't want to talk soccer, but Messi's officially the GOAT now? I think he's the GOAT. He just won a World Cup. I think. He's I'm won not everything. opposed to talking soccer. I'm just not going to be part of the conversation. I don't know anything about soccer to talk about soccer, but I just think Messi's the GOAT. I know it was a different time with Pele, but like Messi's just won in every single level, so I just think he's truly the GOAT. Well, the cup was the elusive thing for him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. way the way they won that World Cup was just incredible. That game was... They, a- I mean, you know, the last game was close, but they dominated that World Cup. Yeah. They did. No, they won it wire to wire. But that game against France was just, oh my God. I mean, it will Mbappe be the new goat because he's nasty too. Yeah, and he's like what? Tw- 
is he 22? I think he's like 23 or 22, something yeah. like that. Yeah, no. I mean, I, and a hot take here, I think USA soccer within the next 15 years wins a World Cup. We're on the come up. No, nah, I don't know about that. I think we do. We have the best athletes, and people are people are. Yeah, trying but the best sports. athletes don't play soccer. That's the yeah. thing. But that's why yeah, I say we... twenty years. I didn't say next year. I think. Listen, I ha- I you know I haven't been spending a lot of times with the youth just because I don't have any kids yet, and that'd be weird. But I have been hearing rumbles that soccer is becoming hot. No, it is, but it's not. The best athletes then have to stop playing football, and then have to stop playing soccer. I mean, start play, if we start playing soccer, stop playing basketball. So, yeah. all right, whatever. That's enough of soccer. You guys want to talk? The USA men will ever win a World Cup. Will, do you keep dropping your phone? Are you good? I'm good. No, I, oh, I had my hand on the mic. Sorry. Um, but God yeah, damn it, Will. <laughs> I, I don't think um, uh, USA men's soccer team will ever win a World Cup. But uh, if we wanted to uh, intrude in another sport, does the USA repeat as World Baseball Classic champions? Hmm, Sean, this is something you could talk. I think I don't, I, think, I don't like their pitching. I think Japan is is nasty. I think Japan's nasty. They've got a lot of MLB guys, which they haven't had in the past. And you always got to keep your eye out for the DR. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Puerto Rico but also too. If you, if, yeah, you mentioned the pitching, which they don't have the best of, but this might be the best offensive lineup that the USA has ever had. They have like Miles Mikolas and Adam Wainwright, right, in their rotation. Yeah, but if you look at it last um, four years ago, one of, outside of Stroman, their best pitcher was Drew Smiley, who gets yeah. shelled in the MLB. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, do you guys want to talk lacrosse or no? Or are we skipping that for the next? <laughs> Wait, is there, can we talk bowling or no? <laughs> do what? Are you guys heartbroken over um, Rodon? Uh I mean, he's on the seven to ten, so we'll see what that pans out to be. But I'm not going to get pissed about Radon because every Yankee fan wanted him. It's the same, and same with Bader, who now has an oblique injury. I'm not pissed. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm just sad. of course, but I'm not going to shit on Cashman for a move no. that Yankee fans wanted. But it's the Frankie Montases and Lou Trevino's and Tommy Canleys of the world, where it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's just, uh, you know, guys just keep getting hurt. And, you know, I don't want to say it, but after Judge signed that contract, you know what happens. Uh-oh. Don't speak that into the universe. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying you're saying. wrong here. We just want you to be wrong. No, I want to be wrong too. But, you know, I just this, the same thing every year. What, are we going to go to the division series and lose in seven games to the Astros? Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of Cowboys in the Yankees. They seem to be very complacent. Being in the being in the tournament, yeah, that's yeah, that's the um, my my buddy said that the other day that he said that the New York Yankees are the Dallas Cowboys of the MLB, and I go, well, the Yankees haven't won twenty seven rings. He goes, not since two thousand nine, they haven't. A hundred percent. I mean, that's accurate. And you come yep. back with the same team, just like Dallas does. You come back with the same team, and you hope for different results. In the definition of insanity, that's for sure. All right, before we move on to college basketball, um. Do you guys want to talk Lamar real quick just because we didn't bring it up and he was officially put on that weird franchise tag thing? Oh, where he can still talk to other teams? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we're putting this relationship-wise, um, they haven't broken up, but they're on a break and they're they're going to see other people. 
So the thing with Lamar is obviously he's very, very good, but the health thing concerns me for being on another team or another team going after him because, you know, the Ravens want two first-rounders at least. Well, that's what the that's what they that's would what have the to tag, get. Yeah, that's what the tag requires is at least yeah. that. Yeah, so, I mean, regardless like, of who trades for him, that's the starting point. I mean, what, what, what team is going to give up two first-round picks for a guy that's, one, injured a lot, and two, has a diarrhea problem? <laughs> Here's a better question. What team is giving up two first rounders and paying him what the Ravens won't? Exactly. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, also, I don't think Lamar Lamar is obviously very, very good, but I don't think he's that type of quarterback that wins a Super Bowl. I can't see a Lamar Jackson type quarterback winning the Super Bowl. That's like, can you see Michael Dick winning a Super Bowl? Well, it's, I don't look at it that way. I mean, here's here's how I see the whole thing, and I, I want to get see if you guys agree with with how I've approached this the last couple of days. Because you know, there's been this talk of collusion, and in my opinion, it has no there's no collusion against Lamar Jackson. It's collusion against Jimmy Haslam and how he tried to reset the quarterback market with Deshaun Watson. Because now every quarterback that's hitting the market that is similar to Lamar is saying, I want 235 million guaranteed because the guy you gave 235 guaranteed to was coming off a year and a half where he didn't play football and was facing serious legal problems. So, but it's like, yeah, but you, you, you're claiming the guy who did that is also an insane person. So I think this is collusion against, we are not, the other owners are not budging on what they think the current quarterback market should be. And the other thing too, Adam Schefter mentioned this yesterday, which I didn't even consider, but was really smart. This is basically like with the non-exclusive tag, it's very comparable to restricted free agency in the NBA, where a team has to sign a player to an offer sheet and then the other team can just match it. And basically, other teams don't want to do the Ravens' dirty work of writing up a contract because they believe that the Ravens are ultimately just going to match it anyway. Yeah, no, I, I think he stays in Baltimore if it's on the 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 uh, the tag or they pay him. Uh, I just don't see another team risking their future for Lamar Jackson and then paying him what the Ravens were going to pay him. I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a situation where they both need each other because the Ravens are in no position right now to to do. Also, you got to get the guy some weapons. All of you had for his whole career is Mark Andrews. Like that's, I mean, Hollywood Brown is Hollywood Brown, but that guy is just a glorified Deshaun Jackson. I'd take Deshaun Jackson over him, to be honest with you, or at least his Guys, career. Guys, listen to this. They spent a total of five point six million dollars on their receiving core this year. That's ridiculous. I wonder, are they at DeAndre Hopkins' destination in well, order to please him? Greg Roman, their OC. So they should look to open things up. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I completely agree. I think that's been part of the issue is that everything's been way too run-dominant. Yeah, I mean, that's you know that's the quarterback he was when he first came in, and he's like he likes to run. You know, the whole thing, is he a quarterback or a running back kind of thing? And that's how that offense is built with the RPO to Andrews. But, and that's why they never spent money on a wide receiver because they are a run team. And they kept drafting guys who they wanted to be ones, but in reality were twos and threes. Yep. Yeah. All right, boys. You ready to talk college basketball? Turning time? Yes, sir. Will, how are you feeling about your Jayhawks? I mean, they're, they're poised to win the Big 12. Um, they lost a lot of players last year, including one of my favorites of all time, Remy. Um, but how how are you feeling about this team? So um, obviously my alma mater, uh, very good team. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I, you know, I read the stat the other day and they're talking, you know, about coaches of the year and they're, you know, giving Kelvin Sampson for Houston or whatever. And there's been no talk about Bill Self, which is crazy because the Jayhawks lost 71% of their scoring from last year. And they're still the number three team in the country. And they have the most quad one wins in the country, which is crazy. I don't think they win the Big 12 just because Bill Self is sick. I don't know if he has COVID or if he's sick, but, um, you know, it's just he's not there. Um, but I mean, I feel good. The only thing I don't feel good about it going tournament time is if we play a, a team that has a lot of bigs, we, we start a forward at center who's six, eight, but he plays bigger than six, eight. Um, we played all our guys are six, eight or smaller in our starting lineup. And that's unlike a Bill Self team who always has a big man, like, uh, Udoka Azubuki or Thomas Robinson or, uh, Lucas or anybody like that, that they can play the high low game with. But, uh, you know, that's the beauty of the tournament. So, I will see. I mean, I feel good about them, but it's hard to go back-to-back. What would be a disappointing, like, result for you? Like, what round would you have to lose in to consider it, like, a real disappointment? Uh, Sweet 16. Okay. All right. Uh, I think it's a disappointment if you lose in Sweet 16 because you have one of the best players in the country, uh, just like you did last year with Ochai Baji. Now you have Jalen Wilson, who's averaging a double-double game. He's averaging almost 20 points uh, in also the best conference in college basketball, the Big 12. Um, so it would be a disappointment. It would uh, it kind of remind me of when we had Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid and we lost in the second round to Spencer Dinwiddie, who put up 40 points against us. Yeah, I agree. But, but um, yeah, I mean, would I would obviously love to see them win the national championship? Yeah, I would, but I don't think they have the – the ability to do that this year. Um, and, the, and I think the best thing about this tournament is uh, with all the, the jumble at one we've had this year, I think, I think it was like nine or eight teams or have been the number one seed this year, the number one team in the country. Uh, that's never happened before. So I think there's probably eight to 10 teams that could probably win the national championship. There is a lot of parody this year. Yeah. And you know, uh, uh, to relay it to somebody else on this podcast, I think UConn is one of those one to ten teams that can win the national championship. Ooh. Yeah, Tom and I have talked about it. I mean, I think at their at their best, like they'd have to play perfect basketball for the whole tournament. So today was like a perfect microcosm of their season. You know, they get off to this twenty six point lead. <laughs> They're shooting the absolute lights out. You you've got Sonogo down low. Andre Jackson is this incredible hybrid guard forward. Um, you're shooting all over the place with Hawkins, Calcantara, and uh, Caravan, and Newton. But they don't go to the fucking free throw line, and they put no pressure on the defense. To I mean, they didn't. They weren't in the bonus until um, until uh, Providence decided that they were going to intentionally foul them to extend the game with like 50 seconds left. That's not going to fly what in the tournament. Me about them is like they don't if they're not shooting well, they don't score. Yeah, I mean they're they're built to win the national championship, but you know, I mean that's any team. If you're not if you're not shooting well, you're not you're not winning games. They have incredible depth, though. That's they the do. thing is they have a bunch of guys that can go off, but they I just do don't have like these spurts where they can't score. I just don't like that. Like they're, it's almost like the paint is lava for them. Like they're just scared to go in there. 
Well, Sonogo has trouble with the double team sometimes. He he doesn't pass out. He doesn't yep. anticipate it as well as he should. He's like Julius Randle. Playing in his seven two, he is not very refined offensively. No, yet. no, not at all. But I, again, I I don't think UConn's going to win the title just because I think everything would have to be perfect for them. Um, but I do I do see them as a, the team that has enough talent to win it. Um, you know, and then after watching that St. John's t- game today, I-, I know I've been talking Xavier all year as I think they're the team to beat in the Big East, even though Marquette's ranked ahead of them. I, I think Marquette's the best team in the Big East after watching that game today. I hate to flip-flop. No, I mean, Marquette's very good, and uh, it's just a disappointment. I would have lo- loved to see St. John's in tournament because that team can score. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a Marquette, Xavier uh, Big East Championship. Well, right now, I just checked the score. DePaul is beating Xavier by nine with 15.50 left in the second. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, I, I mean, DePaul is fucking terrible. So I, I think yeah, they're really bad. Xavier better come back and win that game. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I do think it's pretty wide open this year, which I think just leads itself to a team like Kansas. I wouldn't really say surprising everyone because they're the number three team in the country, but it's it's wide open for them. And I, I, the team that's going to win it, though, in my opinion, is still Houston just because they have that amazing mixture of big men that can also move around, and, and they're very switchable, which is important in the tournament. And they have the guards, which I've been saying it the whole time. The tournament in college basketball is a guards tournament. The, the only reason I don't think Houston... Uh, uh, you know, Houston is a very good team, but the reason I don't think they'll win is they don't play anybody. You know that you know that's why Gonzaga hasn't won one yet because you play in the West Coast Conference and you play St. Mary's. You know, you, obviously you have your non-conference where you pop, maybe play a Duke or a, a Kansas or an Alabama one time, but you know these teams that win, if you look at it, are teams that play a highly ranked Villanova team or a highly ranked Providence team or a highly ranked, you know, in the big East, or you, it's a big 12 team that has six of the 10 teams ranked in the top 20 or an sec team who has six teams ranked in the top 20. You know, it's not a, you know, a 10 team where, you know, you, you have Memphis or Cincinnati. Well, the only pushback I would have with that is I think the reason Gonzaga doesn't win is they don't have the athletes yeah. generally speaking. Houston does. I mean, those those guys translate in the tournament. I agree with Tom. I think that they have the recipe. And they were just in the Final Four two years ago. That's true. No, 100%. But, you know, how many times has Gonzaga made the Final Four or the championship game and then get blown out, like you said, by superior athletes like Baylor? Yeah, but I don't think Houston has that problem. I, I, listen, my my team that I think is my favorite to win is Alabama. Okay. Well, we'll give your Tom and I are going to save our final fours for when we do our our preview. But um, why don't you give your final four here? Well, I don't know the brackets yet, but I would go with um, Alabama, Kansas, Houston, and UConn. Wow. Okay. And I you like got UConn a lot. And you got well, Alabama UConn winning is it. Firing on all cylinders, so they're one of the best teams in the country. I know. That's music to my ears. You couldn't know that. agree more. I, I do like the Alabama team, and I like the fact that their best player has faced like a crazy amount of adversity and dropped 41 the day after all that came out. Um, I am a tad bit concerned that it may all come crashing down at some point during this tournament, but, I mean, 
they are one of the most talented teams and deepest teams. Yes, they definitely are. And then, you know, you play in the SEC, you have to play Kentucky, you have to play Tennessee, you have to play who else is good this year? LSU. Like, the SEC hasn't been what it used to be, but, you know, you're not playing US, UCF and USF. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Kentucky gives you a game even in their down years. Well, Kentucky's ranked now, so they'll be in the tournament. Yeah, they're no, well, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. you know, they're even when they're not a great team, the best version of themselves, they're still some of the best competition in the country because of the players they have. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the same thing. Like you look at these games in, you know, the Alabama game where he scored 41. It was against South Carolina. So it was, you know, even South Carolina on a good day is going to give you a tougher battle than SMU on their good day. Yep. No, I agree. How are we going to fix St. John's, boys? They haven't had a half-court offense since 20, I don't know, 2013, 2014? My biggest concern is just how do you get the coach, how do you get the right coach to want to go there that's going to be able to recruit the players that want to go there? Yeah, that's, and that's... That's my biggest issue with them. It's just, uh, yeah, you need a, a big-time coach that, the kids want to play for. And that's, that's, you know, that's the difference with St. John's is they really haven't had that. And, you know, obviously over the years, St. John's has never been good, you know, going back to the time before we were alive. But I mean, if you live in New York, like not upstate New York, I would love to, and I'm one of the best players in the country. I want to stay home. I want everybody to want my family to watch me. I don't want to go to North Carolina or Duke or any of that. I want to stay home and play for St. John's. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, I mean, I, I I was talking to my my friend who was a manager on the team or whatever, and and he was just saying even the boosters just want nothing to do with it, just because it's such a shit show, which is turning them into a cheap team. So then you have these pipe dreams of coaches that you used to have access to, like a Lavin or whatnot, and they're just you're not going to get that guy anymore. I do have a coach for St. John's, and he is a New York coach. Oh, here we go. Now. We know where this is going. Yeah. Rick Patino. Yeah, of course. But Rick Patino, I mean, the amount of money it would cost him to pull him away from the cushy New Rochelle living on Wingfoot, I, I just don't think St. John's is willing to pay it. Not to mention, he could fly below the radar right now and probably win a tournament game this year. And it's basically like in r- reality terms, or we're not talking in sports world terms, where when, you know, your parent retires from their real job and then they get a cushy job that pays a lot of money for them to do basically nothing. That's what Rick Pitino, this is a retirement job for Rick Pitino. But I think there's also a part of Rick Pitino that wants to get back in the big conference. I really do. Yeah. No, I'm sure there is. It's just as St. John's willing to pony up because, I mean, he, like, what did they... They won by twenty something last night. They're rolling through the the tournament in the MAC, and they they are going to win a game in the tournament this year. They rolled through the. I mean, obviously they lost two games, but they they beat teams by thirty every night. Yeah, they were an easy whenever whenever the books would let me do an alternate spread. Every single time, I would bump the spread up by like six to seven points. And yeah, it would when just I own easy when money. I own up like twenty five, they bench everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so I it's Rick Pitino, of course, Will is my first choice. And, you know, but if if the Jets get Rodgers and the St. John's can get Rick Pitino, you know, I'm not saying I could die a happy man, but you can't talk to me because I'll just talk so much shit. That would be incredible. But I just it it's such a pipe dream. 
I think the biggest issue, again, is that school hasn't really been ultra-relevant since the 80s. I mean, I know they had players in the 90s and early 2000s, but the the modern player, I mean, the like the Chris Mullins, like he wanted to play in New York City at, the at Garden. Madison Square Garden for St. John's. The modern and college basketball player is pretty much get me to wherever I'm going to play the most meaningful games, possibly win in the tournament, and then go pro. Yeah. And and allow like the NL or the uh you know the NIL stuff. And is St. John's a school that will allow their players no. to profit as much as they can because they're a private school, they're not a public school. Yeah. I mean they what they need to do honestly is just get a coach that is just an absolute dog in the transfer and juco portals and they haven't done that either because if you're not going to win on the recruitment and on signing day you got to win on the margins by getting transfers that don't want to be where they are anymore because you are still in the big east and you are still you know i'm not going to call it a blue blood program but you're like kind of that maybe a tier or two below that where you're a very recognizable program so you need to go out and get those those three-star recruits that don't have a school because they don't want to be seventh banana on Duke. And you need to go get those guys that were seventh banana on Duke that don't want to be there anymore. And they're not even doing that. I keep bringing up Mark Jackson. I think he makes a lot of sense. It's his alma mater. He has a lot of pride for that university and New York City point guards and New York City basketball. He obviously has ties to the NBA doing the games, and he's 10 years removed from coaching in the NBA. So he could attract certain of those players to say, I'm going to make you great. We're going to rebuild this school. And then you're going to go on to have a great career in the NBA because we're going to play an NBA style brand of basketball. I think he makes the perfect sense. But again, is St. John's willing to pay him? And does he want that job? I don't know. Yeah, I I just think, I think coming off the Mullen thing, I just don't know if they could deal with another another legend but Mullen never really coached no no I agree I agree completely when it has to do with the X's and O's and whatnot I think Mark Jackson would do an amazing job it's just is St. John's willing to go down that road of bringing in another legend and possibly I don't think it would happen but possibly letting them embarrass themselves like like Mullen did yeah or Patrick Ewing who just got fired today Oh shit! Weren't we talking about that yeah. on the pod that they were never going to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I just saw earlier that they 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 let him go. Oof, tough scene. Oh, Georgetown was awful this year. Yeah. No. What they win two games? Something like that. Yeah. No, nah, they I mean, were. They went, I think twenty-seven consecutive conference games without a win. Yeah, yeah. it's just that that's the same thing, and I you know I don't know who does, but uh, I, who's co- who's coaching Louisville right now? That team is awful. Yeah, no, it's it's you, you. I think college basketball, you just can't rest on your laurels anymore. You have to get an amazing coach in there, and you see what it does because Marquette was Marquette wasn't anything special, and then they go out and get Shaka Smart, and look at him now. Yeah, I mean yeah, UConn, UConn literally saved their program with Danny Hurley because they were in the AAC, which they never belonged in. They were in complete obscurity, playing Tulsa and Tulane instead of St. John's and Villanova. And, you know, they had, they were no good. They weren't getting recruits. And I was like, shit, they're, they're going to literally go into obscurity. I mean, you need to hit on the coach that you bring in or else you're, you're done. Yep. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing. The next question is who's coaching Syracuse next year. Yeah. 
I didn't even think of that. He just retired today. I really, it really didn't even cross my mind. Jerry McNamara. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could be. No, I think they, they, I think they announced who it is. I think it's a, I think it's an assistant on the staff, but it's not McNamara. Mm. Well, I mean, it's Shire. I mean, not that he's done a great job at Duke, but he is still pulling in the recruits. Yeah, I mean, they still got Filipowski, and. Roach. They're gonna be in. They're, they're gonna be in the tournament. Yeah, and next year they've st- they've got a bunch of five stars coming in too. So it's not like, it's not like the fall off was like crazy terrible, like a Louisville that lost Patino and then just fell off a cliff. Yeah, but see, I think Duke is always Duke and Carolina. Like they might have their down years. I put Kansas in that category. UCLA, Kentucky, they might have down times, but they are, it it, it like. Kids are always going to want to go to those schools. Their downtimes is like being ranked 15th in the country. Right. Yeah. Or but I will the tournament and then the, because they're starting all freshmen or something. I will yeah. say a few years back, we did say that about like Indiana. And for uh, up until this year, Indiana was pretty fucking bad for a long time. Yeah, but even in that time, they did get some good players. Yeah. They weren't no. good teams, but they were still recruiting okay. That's true. That's true. I mean, when you look at the ESPN 100 and you see like the 98th ranked player is committed to St. John's, it's like, wh- what happened to us? Yep. Yeah. Because all these kids that are good in New York want to go to the Dukes and the North Carolinas well, and the Kansases and the Kentuckys. Well, that there's that, Will. And then the other thing is, if you're like a real like money player that's like a four or five star recruit in the city – your junior and senior year, you're not playing in in your high school in the city, anyways. You're going to like yeah. IMG or or you know the uh, Oak Hill Academies or the Kents up here um, mm-hmm. by us, like it's the whatever. Like you're not even you don't even belong to the city anymore. So it's like you don't really care because you already left. That that band aid was already ripped off. I mean, you know the only player that I can think of that came out of the city and actually stayed there that was a big-time recruit was the guy who went to Seton Hall a couple of years ago, Isaiah Whitehead. And outside of that, nobody stays. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody stays. They all go. Like, you know, th- that's the same thing. I was like, hey, you know, when I said it, and, you know, how, how, how did St. John's not land Donovan Mitchell who wanted to stay in New York? Yeah, no, because Donovan Mitchell went. Donovan Mitchell wasn't a city kid. He went to Greenwich Country Day, and and Rick Pitino grabbed him. Yeah, and, but also he's a New York guy. Like, wouldn't you want to stay? He he said he even said he wanted to stay in New York. Yeah, but there was no profitability for him staying going to St. John's. Also, so keep in mind Donovan Mitchell playing for Pitino, who was going to get him NBA ready, which he ended up being. Donovan Mitchell was also going. Was also going to St. John's in a transition period from Lavin to Mullen. He wanted nothing to do with that. I believe that's when he was when he was getting recruited. And Donovan Mitchell also wasn't really Donovan Mitchell, you know, until until I mean even coming out of college, Donovan Mitchell wasn't Donovan Mitchell. He was drafted as a defensive player. He wasn't supposed to be what he is. Yeah. But again, playing for Patino in a good conference helped him get his feet wet into what eventually the NBA would be. Yeah, no, 100%. I just, you know, it, the St. John's is just, they're like they're either not in it like they are right now. Uh, I guess Donovan Mitchell was pretty good. He was a four-star recruit, 43rd in the ESPN 100, so he was pretty good. But St. 
St. John's did give him an offer. I will, I'll give him that, but he, uh, he obviously went elsewhere. Um, but St. John's is either in a transition period when these New York guys are getting ready to go to college, or they're in a they're in a period right, or they're in a position right now where Mike Anderson's your head coach and he has zero ties to the city and probably doesn't even look in his backyard for players. Yeah, or the players don't look in their backyard and say, "I want to go there and play for him." It's a shame. You guys are making me depressed. Let's let's talk you about it. You were the one that brought it up, so I, I don't know what you want. All right. Do we have anything else, Will? You got anything else? Nope. I don't. Uh, I don't Any more hot takes, Will? Yeah. We need like one or two more from you if you've got them. <laughs> don't force uh, them, but if you've got them in yeah. your holster, let's go. Mm, oh, well, the only thing I had to ask is if we hired uh, dark horses to make a run in the NCAA tournament, like a seven, eight, nine seed. Oh, if I had any? Yeah. Who would that be for you? Who's yours, since it sounds like you're chomping at the bit to make an announcement here? Kansas State. Mm. I, I do like their team. Sean? I don't know where they're going to be ranked, but I, I gotta. I, I would really be interested in a team like Creighton. Mm. I've got I've got three for you here. Um, that I've just they've been on the tip of my tongue and in the back of my head. San Diego State. Mm-hmm. TCU and Texas A and M. Okay. What about any mid majors that you think could win maybe one or two games? Oh, I think it, one or two games. I'm definitely throwing Creighton in there if you want to consider them a mid major. They're not a mid major. They play the Big East. A mid major. Oh, you want to talk about like teams? I didn't know what you were considering a mid major. Like you're talking about like a A ten team or whatever. Yeah. Or like a Missouri Valley or something like that. All right. All right. This is my fucking wheelhouse because I've been gambling on these kind of teams all year. (laughs) I've got a couple for you, all right? I have one. Let's see if it matches up. Colgate. Nope, not the one. Um, Charleston. Nope, not the one. Those are my two um, that I I am I'm, I'm, I'm pounding the table saying that they're going to win a game in the tournament. I've got Vermont. Oh, that's a good one too. Shout out to McKay. I have, I have Oral Roberts. That was another one for me. I really like Oral Roberts. Yeah, I do. I had Bryant earlier in the year, but I lost way too many bets on them because they had that guy Edert. He transferred from uh, yep. St. Peter's, but they suck. Fuck them. <laughs> but I, if if we're only picking one, and Will, you said you have Oral Roberts. And Sean, you said that you had Vermont. My dark horse is Charleston. You know, no Iona. No, um, I just feel like Iona is too well known for all of us living in this area. Um, I, I wanted to pick something that that nobody would expect. Okay. But I do think Iona is going to win a game this year, depending on their draw. I think if they get a UCLA, they could beat them because they're one of their best players is out for the year. Mm. Okay. All right, anything else, Sean? No, pretty much it. I mean, I'm, I want to save some of my college basketball stuff for yeah. when we do our pod, but I think we I think we hit on basically everything. We got Will to talk his Cowboys, his yeah. Jayhawks, give some hot takes. Yeah, no, that know? take was awesome. Will, did you watch Full Swing on Netflix? I have not watched Full Swing yet, but I will check it out. But I heard it's it was good, man. Yeah, yeah Sean, you finished it? it? Um, no, I still have seven oh and eight to go. I just, can we go through what you do 
that makes you so busy that you can't sit on the couch and watch a show? What do you do? It's not that I don't want to watch. It's both that I don't want to watch a show. First of all, I consume six, all six in like two days. And then, no, I listen to podcasts and I'm out or I'm working. I don't want to sit down and watch Full Swing for two straight hours. Guy's got a busy schedule. Yeah, I don't know what you guy. want from me. <laughs> Well, Busy any guy. any shows since since you're on since you're on here and you're talking to the people, any shows you'd recommend? Uh, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Wednesday was awesome. What is that on? Wednesday on Netflix, the Adams Family movie, uh, TV show. No, I haven't, but okay. Right, I didn't so know you were good. an Adams Family That's the guy. Jenna Ortega vehicle. Yeah. Well, also it's Jenna Ortega, so why not watch? I wouldn't but, take you um, for an Adams Family guy. That's cool. I didn't, but like, I do like sci-fi, so it was kind of sci-fi. So. Mm. Okay. Um, and then obviously uh, season three of Outer Banks. <laughs> that is a show that's right up your alley. That one is. Yeah, Succession. I'm a, big, I'm a big John B. guy, you know? Did you watch Succession? I did not watch that, no. That's coming out. I'm really pumped for that. I, episode might be out already, but I'm saving it to watch from Michaela so I don't get in trouble. Um, all right, boys. Uh, we got anything else? No, I think we got everything. All right. Well, before baseball season rolls around, I think we're going to have to do another pulse check with Will, really deep dive in on the Yankees. Maybe since it did birth the original hot take that ended up panning out, we'll have to rank uh, rank some position players again. Also, uh, just uh, this just in, uh, the starting catcher for the DR is Gary Sanchez. Wow. Nice. I, I rescind my, my pick for them to win then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. All right, yeah, boys. Well, uh, next time you guys want me on, we'll do uh, we'll rank our uh, position by position, and then uh, yeah, then it's baseball season. Yes, sir. All right, boys. All right. Thanks for coming on, Will. Thanks, good guys. Always you, a Will. pleasure. Nice talking to you, Sean. Tom. Thanks for having me. Of course.